Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, strong signals from the Prime Minister as the holiday season approaches. The cases across the country are spiking massively. We are facing uh, winter that's going to drive people inside more and more, and we're really at risk of seeing caseloads go up and hospitals get overwhelmed. As Joe Biden picks his cabinet and prepares to take office, what kind of relationship will his administration have with Justin Trudeau? I think it's a pretty safe bet. The, the relationship is, is going to be far more uh, cordial. It's going to be far more predictable. It's going to be you know far more friendly uh, and uh, sort of less volcanic than it was under Donald Trump. And Canada strikes a trade deal with a post-Brexit United Kingdom. It is excellent to have concluded negotiations uh, for the Canada-UK trade continuity agreement, a new chapter in the historic friendship between our countries, and one that will bring stability to our people and our businesses. And this is especially important in a time marked by uncertainty. It's Monday, November 23rd. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by Peter Van Dusen, CPAC's executive producer and the host of Primetime Politics. Peter, thank you for being with us. Hi, Mark. Good to talk to you again. So the Prime Minister is coming off the G20 Leaders Summit, a virtual summit, to talk about the coronavirus pandemic. He's also resuming some of his briefings to Canadians about it. And, of course, the tone is... Very serious right now as we as we move into winter weather in many parts of the country, including Ottawa, and we look ahead to Christmas, which is barely a month away, and lots of people are asking, will we be able to travel at the holidays? Will we be able to gather with loved ones? And the Prime Minister is sending some very uh, strong signals about that. So uh, where do you think we stand at the start of another week in this in this fight and in the role of government in in uh, dictating behavior, uh, setting guidelines, and trying to stem the spread of this infection. Yeah, I think it's another big week. Uh, you know, they're all going to be big weeks uh, between now and the time uh, we get a vaccine, Mark, I think. Uh, the numbers, uh, you know, are going in the wrong direction. Uh, it's a, a worrisome uh, trajectory, as we've heard from the chief Chief Medical Officer of Health for Canada, you know, things could get uh, worse, things could get really worse, and things could get really, really worse, depending on the actions of Canadians. And, you know, we've talked, you know, I've uh, talked a lot about this over the course of the pandemic, uh, this notion of depending on the, the actions of Canadians. And I think that's really an important phrase these days, because the actions of Canadians, I think, are starting to take different shapes, uh, largely because in many, you know, in many uh, ways, uh, a lot of Canadians have lost trust and lost faith in the in the in the directions and the actions of their governments. Not, you know, it's been a tough tough road for the federal government to try and lead a national response to COVID nineteen, and yet leave it to the provinces to administer, and local health officials to decide when there's a crackdown, when there's not a crackdown, and try to have some overarching uh, direction at the federal level. And they've received some praise for that early on, and now they're getting lots of criticism for. Uh, for perhaps not doing enough uh, in some quarters. But it's also happening at the provincial level, which I think is really worrisome, is that you know, residents in different provinces are starting to really question the actions of their provincial leaders, uh, uh, both health and political, and pushing back against some of the restrictions. So, you know, we might be at a sort of tipping point here for uh, how, the, how the response goes and how, I, I guess, sort of, 
um, how willing Canadians are to continue, uh, you know, losing money or uh, curbing their uh, family activities and, and gatherings uh, to protect each other. And I think you, you might hear more of that this week, a, a real push by political leaders and, and health officials to reinforce that notion of, look, we have to do this for a couple more months in this very critical phase till we get a vaccine. But of course, now we know that, uh, you know, the the, 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 you know, the vaccine is only really effective if almost everybody gets vaccinated, uh, or the or the majority of the population, and, and a vast majority in this case. And we're seeing you know surveys that show 30% of Canadians, a third of Canadians, are saying they're not going to rush out to get vaccinated. Well, that's going to lead to a whole bunch of new problems in trying to fight a pandemic. If a third of the population isn't vaccinated against the virus, that means you could see wave after wave after wave. Yeah. A great point. Now, of course, uh, Donald Trump uh, was widely reported to have not been on the call with other G20 leaders, uh, and uh, it appears as though his efforts to uh, change the outcome of the U.S. election are failing. Uh, I don't think anybody in Canada was expecting otherwise, but a Biden presidency is becoming more and more clear and certain at this point. He's getting ready to name his cabinet, and there are more and more questions being asked about what that's going to mean for Canada. What kind of relationship Justin Trudeau will have with Joe Biden? We know they were friendly during the Obama years. Uh, and and what kinds of decisions the Biden administration will take that could have an impact on Canada? Uh, what's your sense of what we know at this point? Well, what we know is that you've touched on it. We know that uh, I think it's a pretty safe bet. The, the relationship is, is going to be far more cordial it's going to be far more predictable it's going to be you know far more friendly um, and uh, sort of less volcanic than it was under Donald Trump it's hard to think of you know uh, Joe Biden attending a summit meeting and then agreeing to a communique and then while he's in the air and doesn't like something Justin Trudeau says revokes his rescinds his signature from the communique I don't think anybody sees that happening again under Joe Biden but to be, you know to be clear there are lots of points of agreement between these two leaders and will be uh, on issues such as, you know, climate change and the environment. Uh, having said that, uh, there'll be a big disagreement right out of the gate. There already is on the fate of Keystone XL, the pipeline. Uh, but, uh, you know, Joe Biden has, you know, campaigned and, and presumably won, at least in part, on a promise to invoke strict and tough Buy American policies as part of the U.S. Uh, recovery plan after the pandemic, so that's going to present a challenge for Canada. So I think there's going to be lots of synergies on the on the climate side and some hiccups along the road and uh, in that debate as well. But uh, I think Canada is going to have some challenges ahead of it in terms of dealing with the Joe Biden uh, White House uh, on on the issue of trade. Having said that, I mean it's all still a little bit uncertain because you know the, the, exactly who's going to control. Uh, Congress isn't entirely clear yet, so even though he may want to, in, you know, implement some uh, tougher by American measures, uh, he might run into problems trying to get that through Congress. So uh, there's still lots of balls up in the air, but it's, you know, the, it'll be more like a normal Canada-U.S. relationship, you know, generally friendly, but with some problems along the way. All right, we'll see what happens with that. Let's turn to the relationship with the United Kingdom, the post-Brexit United Kingdom. Canada has struck a trade deal with Britain. Uh, I don't think that this was as complicated as many other trade deals Canada has been involved in. It was a necessary step because of Brexit. 
but uh, what has arisen out of those talks and the and the final outcome? Yeah, it's also an, it's it's an interim. You know, it's a it's a bit of a uh, you know a, a, a patch to get us from you know uh, you know the, the fallout from from Brexit and to when we might be able to negotiate a, a permanent arrangement with Great Britain because the the deadline was the end of this year to get it done. So uh, they've done it, and I think that you look at some of the reaction to it, and you know it largely carries on the provisions that existed under under the old arrangement although there are going to be some some changes in the interim but again um it's a question of how quickly it can get ratified to to provide certainty for canadian businesses and you know given everything else canadian businesses are dealing with uh life you know under the trump administration and uncertainty with what it's going to look like under a biden administration dealing with a pandemic Dealing with shutdowns and, and the uh, the hit that's had on business, uh, dealing with uh, China, for instance, and now uncertainty around exactly what the relationship is going to be with Great Britain. So, I think the government's going to move quickly to uh, try to get this passed through the House of Commons, and it'll you know can it be done before the, the extended Christmas break? That's a big question mark, and the opposition parties are suggesting that might be too tight of a timeline. But you're going to see a push to get that done. I think to provide at least that level of certainty on that particular issue, at least for, for Canadian businesses, so they can say, okay, we, we know what this means for us and uh, how long we're going to deal with these circumstances because, you know, what can, you know, Canadian business needs more than anything these days is some level of certainty from somewhere, and there's been a lot of uncertainty, so any little bit will help. All right. We will see what this week brings us. Peter, thank you so much for joining us today. Okay, Mark, good to talk to you. That's CPAC's Peter Van Dusen. I think the idea of bringing in the Federal Emergencies Act to uh, shut down the borders and uh, guard those interprovincial borders um, is not an idea I am even contemplating right now. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the Hamilton Spectator, Jeffrey Stevens argues it's time for the federal government to invoke the Emergencies Act. Stevens writes... Although the provincial premiers would claim to be outraged, I suspect more than a few of them would be relieved if the Trudeau government stepped in and took over the COVID battle within their borders for the 90-day emergency period stipulated in the Act. It may take a dramatic assertion of national leadership to give Canadians the emotional jolt they need to get back on the safe path. The Emergencies Act would offer such a jolt. In the Toronto Star, Susan Delacourt writes that Justin Trudeau is still selling pandemic safety in an increasingly hostile marketplace. Delacourt writes, There is no vaccination against risky behaviour, so politicians are plunged into an instant on-the-job course in mass behavioural science for a pandemic-weary population. Justin Trudeau has acknowledged that the public is sick of hearing from him. He must contend with an audience that is fatigued to the extent that Canadians are right now with COVID-19. Few sellers need to be this relentless, and few buyers are this hostile to the marketplace. In an editorial, the Toronto Sun asks if all those news conferences are helping. The Sun writes, These press conferences take a lot of planning and resources. That takes away focus that could be put into actual governing and decision-making. We appreciate that Canada's leaders have made themselves accessible to the media these past eight months. Communication is key, but not if there is little of new value to communicate. 
Canadians would be better served if politicians only opted to stand in front of the cameras when they actually have something meaningful to say. Now, here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. MPs will sit late three nights this week, possibly as late as midnight. One of those nights is a special take-note debate, while the other two will see ministers grilled on their portfolios. CPAC's Martin Stringer has more on what to watch. Mark, with just a few regular weeks left in the fall sitting of Parliament, it's time for MPs to debate the main estimates, the government's spending department by department. And as the tradition goes, opposition parties get to single out two particular ministers and grill them for four hours each in special committees of the whole. But these sessions very rarely focus just on spending, but more on the minister and the government's general performance in controversial portfolios. This year, the opposition parties have chosen fisheries minister Bernadette Jordan, whom they will grill over issues, no doubt including the dispute surrounding the Mi'kmaq Treaty Fishery, which exploded in Nova Scotia. And that comes on Tuesday night. Then on Wednesday, all parties have agreed to a late-night take-note debate on the issue of the French language in Montreal. Now, this is a political sensitive issue after a Montreal Liberal MP was quoted as saying that she was yet to be convinced that the French language was threatened in the Montreal area. So expect the government to face a grilling on that on Wednesday night. And then on Thursday night, yet another late night as a committee of the whole, hears from Health Minister Paddy Haidu, who will no doubt face four hours of grilling over the government's spending and handling of the COVID-19 pandemic. Thanks, Martin. Also today, the Prime Minister will chair the Cabinet meeting before a virtual visit with students at a school in Kingston, Ontario. And Infrastructure Minister Catherine McKenna will attend an infrastructure event in Tabor, Alberta. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Monday, November the 23rd. Tune in to Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.